And as the breath comes in and goes out, you will be cutting through our unawareness and gaining more wisdom. So letting the awareness rest with this object of the breath in and out. Easy does it. Taking our lives one breath, one inhalation and one exhalation at a time. And so there will be times, of course, where our mind may go away from the breath, wanderings of the future, the past, and of course, once you recognize that, to acknowledge the wanderings in returning to the breath in and the breath out. As we use the breath to feel into the body, it is fine from time to time to broaden the field of awareness, to include different physical sensations if they begin to become more prominent, for different sounds that are rising within the room or outside of the room. Staying in the body with awareness, body awareness, using the breath as the anchor, but also including from time to time if the sensations that are very prominent, then just letting them be into the foreground, experiencing sensations as they come and go. If sounds become more prominent and enter, Let them come into the foreground if they're prominent and just experiencing, listening to the different sounds in the room, outside of the room, or as our concentration and awareness develops, we may actually even hear internal sounds within the body, gurglings within the stomach, the sounds of the breath coming in and out, ringings in the ears, pulses, heartbeat. Those become prominent and just listening to these sounds as they come and go. If any other senses arise that are prominent, visual formations within the eyes, seeing, smells, smelling, if there's taste lingering in the mouth and it becomes more prominent, experiencing tasting, being in the body with awareness. If you're feeling lost, not sure where to go, coming back to the breath, being present. And so feeling free during the day to experiment, beginning perhaps with the sounds and then just moving to, I'm sorry, beginning with the breath and then perhaps moving to sounds as a primary object, or shifting to sensations as a primary object.
And so I'll invite that now, bringing awareness into the ears, listening to sounds in the room, outside of the room, or inside the body as they come and go. Letting awareness rest in the ears, listening, hearing meditation, sounds rising and passing. Now letting the awareness shift from sounds to sensing and feeling into this body. This body filled at times with different sensations, itches and aches, tingles, warmth, coolness, moisture, wetness, dryness, itches, tingles, aches. So being aware of the different sensations within the body that are prominent as they come and go. Sensations within this fathom-long body. So many different touch points, hands on the lap, the eyelids closed touching, the lips of the mouth, places where we're sitting, making contact with the floor, the touching sensations being present as it comes and goes.
so many different sensations. And at times they may be actually strong sensations, painful sensations. And how to work with the painful sensations that at times arise within the body. As mindfulness facilitators, we're beginning to work with our own pains within our body and perhaps at times working with others with their pain. And so I'd like to share with you a few ways that we work with pain within MBSR. Because it's really a natural question that we'll hear from our students on why would I even want to bring my awareness to my body while I have pain? I want to get away from it. And so one of the reasons why perhaps it may be valuable to bring awareness into the body is to, at first, to recognize how we're holding our body while we're in pain. Let's say the pain is in the hip, but I'm pressing down from the top of my head and up from the soles of my feet. and My body is one clenched, tight knot. My teeth are locked and grinding. And so there's sometimes the way that we are with pain is we constrict and get tighter around the pain. And so it may be helpful to bring awareness into the body and to get a sense of how we're holding and being with the pain. And if we are indeed constricted, can we begin to soften some of the areas around it? Or maybe perhaps releasing the tight grip of the jaw, especially if the pain is down in the hip. So beginning to sense into the body and noticing these places that are tight and you can allow them to soften, letting that happen. If you're unable to, then let the sensations be. Let them ripple or resonate wherever they need to go, giving space to the, to the sensations. Learning to become soft around the pain rather than putting our energy into getting tight around it. So sensing into our own bodies, is there places that we're holding tightly? And what would it be like to begin to let be? Giving space to the different sensations. Perhaps it's skillful at times not to necessarily go right into the center of the pain, but perhaps it's borders, it's surroundings. Letting be, softening what's possible, letting be what's not. And it also might be very helpful as we feel into the pain if it evokes various thoughts, emotions, particularly anger, sadness, fear, confusion, shame. These types of feelings get evoked as we feel into the sensations. Also a very skillful way is to begin to acknowledge these emotions. So we're working with the physical aspect of how we hold the pain and beginning to acknowledge and work with the emotions that it may evoke, the fears, the shame, the sadness, the anger, the confusion, the despair. Allowing some space to acknowledge whatever is evoked emotionally.
as we begin to acknowledge these emotions, our relationship to how we be with the pain may shift. So just honoring and acknowledging what is present within and letting be. It may also be important to know that when using the word acknowledging doesn't mean that you have to accept or be okay with the pain. The truth may be it's unacceptable. It's not okay. And so our practice is to acknowledge the not okayness, the unacceptableness, acknowledging what's present physically, mentally, emotionally, letting be. last piece to offer about working with the pain is the reminder to come back into the moment with the pain. But often when we go off into the future, begin catastrophizing about how the pain's going to be this afternoon, tomorrow, next week, next month, six months from now, the pain becomes potentially unbearable. So coming back, taking the pain one moment at a time. Some years ago, I was diagnosed from, with my physician that I had what was called a radicleopathy. And I told my physician, that's ridiculous. But a radiculopathy is a pinched nerve. And the pain extended down my arm into my wrist and left hand. And at times the pain was unbearable. And my mind would go off into a lot of catastrophizing. It's going to be like this forever. And I noticed at those times that I began to have fantasies of going out into my woodshed and getting my chainsaw and cutting the bugger off. That's pretty intense. I always, as I began to study this with my practice, I began to notice that the chainsaw fantasy was always coming around when I was catastrophizing about how it was going to be later. The pain became unbearable next month, next year, forever. The notion of chronic pain implies a life sentence which I did not want to accept. So as I began to work with the practice, well, wait a minute, I'm alive now. I can be with the pain in this moment. And if I'm alive in the next moment, and if I have pain, I'll deal with it then when I get there. That was very, very helpful beginning to come back into the present, noticing when I'm going off, catastrophizing, come back here and now. 
riding the waves of the sensations from one moment into the next and letting be. So that was an offering to help us to work with the pain, softening what's possible, letting be what's not, acknowledging any emotions that are evoked or thoughts, and working and staying in the present moment, being ever mindful of when we go off into the world of catastrophizing, coming back. So staying close to the body with the breath, opening to sounds or sensations from time to time, continuing with the practice, being present.
So we can um, open up to a few questions and have some announcements. And um, we'll, some of us will go off to interviews, another to walking practice. But if there's anything from uh, last night, uh, please, or this morning, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, yeah, my sense is um, the intention is, is uh, well, actually, without being very specific, you named some specifics, but I'm not fully clear as to which situation you're referring to, but sometimes I may use them interchangeably. And sometimes it's very skillful, and particularly to the audience that I'm working with. In the early years of teaching MBSR, at times I didn't use the word mindfulness because people didn't know what that word was. And so we're going to practice some awareness meditation. So it's a matter of some skillful means. And um, I guess technically speaking, we could kind of split hairs, and this is mindfulness, this is awareness. But sometimes I, I, I you know, we'll just bring, I might just bring the two together to point to the same thing, to be present to what's here. I'll invite actually, if any of my colleagues want to comment on this, if there's any distinctions or anything you'd like to share. I mean, I, I've noticed that with the three of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's a great question, and um, there's a lot we could say, and I think we'll probably will come back to this, actually, um, both as practice, but also more as skillful means as a teacher, as Bob's pointing to. Um, you know, I, I was at a teacher meeting here at Spirit Rock some, a while ago, and we were talking about mindfulness and the sutta, the Satipatthana Sutta, which is where the, this main practice came from. And there are many, the, the root word comes from sati, which is the Pali word. And of course, when you try to translate from Pali, there's a whole other can of worms. And many different interpretations of what word to use. And uh, the word mindfulness really came from the Christian tradition. Uh, it, was a, it was the first usage of the word. And... Um, of course, we're generally trying to encourage people to empty their minds, not fill their, mind, fill their minds. Right? So the, the word is problematic, but it, but it is the word of choice, and it's becoming what most people recognize as this practice. Um, but at this teacher meeting, most of the teachers, are certainly from Spirit Rock, were much more comfortable with a, a more accurate translation of sati being awareness, clear awareness. But mindfulness is... The you know the most common usage that so there's a skillfulness in using that. Um, and as Bob said, you know I think most of us use it interchangeably. And I think, but in the in the the mindfulness world, you know, mindfulness is also understood to be this set of practices, this attention training practices that we're cultivating here and in our, in our courses. Um, and, um, you know, when I use the word awareness, I also prefer to use the word awareness than mindfulness, personally. Um, but I think of mindfulness practice as the application and the directing of awareness. The application and directing of attention. The training of attention. Yeah. So, um, you know, but then there's the, 
we also point, as I pointed to yesterday, both in the, or in the, in the don't be aware practice and the, the, um, the question about awareness, um, that it's also, um, it gets complicated because it's also, uh, you know, we refer to it as the ground of our experience or the ground of the nature of mind. But I think in, in the in I think in in a class setting, in a teaching setting, it's more useful, it's more skillful to um think of mindfulness as attention. And it's a training of the attention, and a focusing of the attention. And I think people uh can relate more to that languaging, focus, attention, training. Much more to be said. <laughs> yeah, and the Early years, I would do body awareness rather than body meditation. And rather than saying the word yoga, it's like, you know, lying stretches. So it's a matter, you know, now you can say words like meditation, mindfulness in the mainstream, and at least in Northern California, because we do live in a bubble here. And, um, and it's much more acceptable. Um, so what is the skillful means? Please. I was going to ask this question later in the week, but since this came up now, um, I would like you maybe to ask your um, colleague, Francisco Torrejos, because I have your books that are translated into Spanish, and there is the use of atención plena, mindfulness, and meditación. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was you know, looking for maybe native Spanish speakers to help me and it's kind of along the same lines as what we've just been talking about for the English. Yeah. It's all translated from Pali or... Yeah. Context, and Some further complications with Yeah, I mean, there may be other people here with that interest, and at some point we're going to let you have different groups where you can go to what you're interested in, so that could be a topic. And um, I have a, a, a resource for you as someone who's doing a lot of work with MBSR in Mexico and has really been working with the languaging and training and training teachers, so I can give you that resource access to him. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, and um, I'm glad um, you could see that distinction. And I think there is a big distinction between between the word letting go and letting be. And if we knew how to let go, we may have done that years ago. And many, you know, like how do we let go? And so, whispering words of wisdom, letting be, and it's a, it's actually a very different shift to. Let be. And also another very important distinction that I tried to convey was the difference between acceptance and acknowledgement. Sometimes we have this idea that acceptance means to be okay with what's here, but I'm not okay with my pain. I actually hate it. I'm angry. I'm sad. And so we're not trying to, to, within the meditation, to try to invite someone to accept something that's unacceptable. What would it be like to begin to acknowledge how much I hate this. How much I don't want this to be the way that it is. And it's very amazing in working with people with pain, and myself included, that, that I'm actually giving myself enough space and permission to acknowledge what has not been acknowledged. Like, I can acknowledge how much I don't like this. But somehow that acknowledgement gives a little space there. And rather than trying to let it go, my practice is to acknowledge and let be. Let me ride the waves. We'll see what happens. And again, the, the future, the catastrophizing about how it's going to be, really gets us in a very vicious cycle. 
And as I shared with you about wanting to cut off my arm, and it was always associated with the future, and when I could just come back into this moment and take my life one moment at a time, and if I'm alive in the next moment, and if I have pain, I'll deal with it then when I get there. So it's kind of like slowing it down to the, to the one moment at a time. and found that to be much more workable. And I didn't mention, I, don't want to, I also want to just acknowledge that at times the use of distraction is skillful to turn the channel to do something else. But if that's the only thing that's in our tool bag, you can run but you can never hide. It's always following you. So this is also an invitation to begin to move into it and to work with it as well as knowing sometimes with wisdom it's time to, to shift and to distract. And of course the use of pain medication when it's appropriate, of course, if there's acute pain and so forth, so not to negate any of those. So maybe we have time for maybe one more question, unfortunately. Oh. How's your arm? Okay, how's my arm? <laughs> I know, uh, my arm is actually much better. Occasionally there's a few little twinges, but... Um, it's all right. So it did not last forever, though at the time it felt that it, it was going to. It was a period of some months. Yeah. Please. Yeah, that can be helpful. Thank you for that reminder. The Thich Nhat Hanh speaks about the, the non-toothache meditation to meditate in your teeth right now. And if you don't have a toothache, like, how wonderful. They're just in the glum, gums and they're not, there's no pain. And we, so there's perhaps there's areas where there isn't pain. And it's important to know um, we have a body, we have these receptors, there will be pain. And how we work with it is huge, our relationship to the pain. And, um, and on we go. So a few announcements. Um, one is that we would like to have a practice leader to ring the bell. This is at the 12 o'clock sit, and you're, this is a very important job because at 12.30 you ring the bell, and that means lunch. And can we have a volunteer? Thank you so much. And yes, it's just a light kiss. And also to let you know that, um, let's see, we prefer that since we're on the bell discussion, um, we don't want to invite the bell ringers to ring the bell 10 minutes before this, each sitting. And we also want to make a request, this came from the manager, to all, a lot of the shoes are all over, and if they could please uh, gently come back to uh, the shoe shelves, that would be very helpful. Kate is going to be offering some interviews this afternoon, and this pertains to interviews particularly around your own meditation practice. And there will be a... Um, sign-up sheet on the bulletin board for that, and so look for that. Anything else you want to say? Or that's for people who don't have an interview today. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's for people who do not have an interview today. If you'd like, you can sign up with Kate. Well, Please. So just a, a word about the groups, for, particularly for people who are new to this form. So the groups are really a chance for us to check in with you about your practice and for you to ask any questions and to report about your practice. Uh, so they're not interviews in that we're not going to grill you for a job here at Spirit Rock. <laughs> and also, uh, so please check the board outside on the left for your name. And if, it's not on the na- uh, if your name isn't on the list today, you will be seen in groups tomorrow, so don't worry. Okay. And just to also let you know, so we're seeing group interviews both today and tomorrow. We'll see every one of you by the end of tomorrow. And then the next couple of days... Actually, maybe into Saturday, three days, we'll also do individual interviews with, with each of you as well. So just to give you a little bit of the lay of the land. And also in terms of where we're meeting you. So I'll be meeting with people in the council house, the groups in the council house, which is the room where you registered. And then 
Bob and Diana will be meeting um, you in either room one or two. Check the notice board for which room you're in. And Kate will have indicated what room she'll be in. All right, so let's just sit for a moment. So this is a wonderful little MBSR moment, S-T-O-P.